Good morning, and uh, welcome to Love Some Movies. My name is Joey Lopes, and today I am joined uh, by Connor. Good morning. Hey, Connor, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. All right, that's our intro. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. We have more to talk about than than just that. You know, like we 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 we've all been busy the past couple of weeks, right? Yeah. How do you feel about the the uh, movies potentially ceasing to exist as we know them? <laughs> Connor, Connor, I don't. I, you're, you're you're being so pessimistic to start this episode when we are currently at the cusp of the uh, the, the the most glorious story in in cinema history, right? That's the, true. Uh, or I don't know. I guess there's so many ways you can interpret this uh, phenomenon that's been going on over the past week, which is of course the whole uh, Barbenheimer thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know, man. Where, where do you begin with this? I mean, I think the the idea of Barbie and Oppenheimer releasing on the same day, I first started seeing people make jokes about that. Like, like it, it's got to have been like a year ago when this was first announced, when these release dates were. Um, like, it was, it was a long time ago, and people have been making, you know, memes and jokes about it, right? But then over the course of some time I sort of forgot about it and then the movies actually start to you know, we get close to them coming out and now it's become this whole like way of life it's a lifestyle it's like people are are genuinely doing this bit of seeing Barbie and Oppenheimer just because like everybody's doing it or something like it's become such a a cultural thing that both of these movies have been absurdly overperforming at the box office yeah. to like a, a completely ridiculous degree um, that nobody nobody predicted. Um, and and wh- whether or not that's entirely because of the Barbenheimer thing or if it's just because people wanted to see these movies in general, hard to say. But I think that it's definitely like this bit has sort of outgrown the, the movies themselves and have gotten people like just wanting to be a part of the event in some capacity. Yeah. Which is so, so strange. It it's definitely doesn't really part happen of it. Very often. But th- I think there's yeah. so many levels of this that make it very interesting. Like, oh, sure. Because at the same time, you have the, you know, the strikes going on. You know, you have the... the yeah, that's you know, true. The, the, the various guild strikes that are happening. And a big part of that is, like we talked about last week, the whole, uh, like, streaming revenue and, you know, and and such. Mm-hmm. How streaming doesn't make any money, and really, yep. uh, it's the uh, you know the, the cost of these individual streaming services just are not enough for the consumer to make it uh, to be able to pay them. In, in hence why they for, keep going up for, for streaming, and why they keep going up, and why they all keep going up like a lot, or all of them seem to be going up right now as yeah, a way right. to like because <laughs> like think about, or I guess they're all planning for something to happen with some kind of settlement because they're losing mm-hmm. millions each day every yeah. studio but yeah. the, in this this barbenheimer thing is these movies have made so much money millions and millions as they just came out and they're actually turning a profit so it's mm-hmm. it's like they have to be looking at their their bottom lines and seeing 
there's just no way we can keep going this model of the the streaming and make make any money doing it when we have these movies that are performing so well that we need to get back to wild right we have i mean i don't know how you can't come to the conclusion that we have to go back to the theatrical model because people will go right but but people will go if there's a reason to go you know sure and and that's clearly proven here then again this is sort of lightning in a bottle since the whole idea of like you know barbie and oppenheimer is such a, a a meme concept which is it's very funny because the idea of like counter programming isn't really exactly new um like i think everybody's always uh, already been pointing out that like apparently i think it was mama mia and the dark knight opened on the same day and nobody really cared because that's just how it used to be there used to be like multiple kinds of movies releasing on the same day for different audiences um but now it's like no, nobody is conditioned to think that way and somehow it's it, it's gotten to the point where like a, a movie like barbie and a movie like oppenheimer opening on the same day is like if people find that so funny for some reason it becomes a giant crazy thing and it is um, i mean there is the dichotomy of like barbie all pink and happy looking and then oppenheimer right. is fire and he's wearing all black and depressing right, yeah, and black and, and white it's, a, it's atomic uh, bomb yeah, yeah it's quite opposite <laughs> so right, is, that is right. kind of funny uh, and but, I guess like the, the their status is like huge event movies in some capacity is part of it. Um, I mean, obviously Oppenheimer is like a giant epic Christopher Nolan thing. He hasn't released a movie in a little while. Um, and Barbie, I think really the Barbie thing, I think, is mostly just the brand recognition, um, which, you know, people just like ah, the Barbie movie. They just know what it is. Um, and it's got stars in it, obviously. And, you know, Greta Gerwig directed it, which I don't think the regular person probably doesn't care about. But the movie people care a little bit more about. Right. Um, but I mean, it's, 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 it's done absurdly well. Like both of them have done absurdly well, way, way overperforming their expectations. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the thing for me is like, is there a lesson here that Hollywood can actually take or is this lightning in a bottle? And is this something that like, they can't really replicate like realistically, like you can't do another bit just like this. Like if people are going to come back to the theaters for, for jokes, essentially like little bits like this, like you can't just do the same thing. It has to be something different every time. Like I saw one, uh, one, one critic, I think Bill Jabiri, his name, he brought up how this is m- the, the best comparison to this are the people that went to the minions movie dressed in suits because it was a meme. It was like, we're, I, I'm going to this movie for the meme of, of dressing in a suit to the minions. Right. Where this is like, I'm going to see both Barbie and Oppenheimer because that's a funny idea to see both of these movies on the same day. Cause they're like, polar opposites of each other like you can't just keep doing meme releases can you i mean no, regardless not, of whether what the I movies what, are but you what know. you could do and i think red letter media touched on this in their latest review because they're going over this kind of stuff also just the state of movies and everything is they they have to rethink the blockbuster films and, and whether or not it's worth it to release these movies with these crazy budgets and well, clearly because- the the answer is no to that. I mean, like every, people have been pointing out how like the the combined budgets of Barbie and Oppenheimer don't match Thor: Love and Thunder, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. like these movies have made so much money and were not nearly as expensive as one of the giant Disney productions. I mean, that's that says something, right? <laughs> I feel like there's a lesson there. Yeah, and and just I guess the other point is is whether or not the the turner the event that that ends up happening 
once you know, or whatever kind of settlement is reached uh, once with all these strikes and, and the writers and actors who are all striking right now, if the end result means that we just are given more smaller budget movies that get released in theaters to turn with the purpose of, you know, hoping, hoping to turn a profit because people will go out to see them. Uh, that could be a good thing. And then maybe they get away from making the massive budget, try to appeal to as many people as possible movies and, you know, go, well, go that the, route. What, what you're that. describing is like the best case scenario for like the, the average movie lover. Cause you get more kinds of movies probably more movies specifically for adults as opposed to for all audiences. Um, I mean, that's, that's the dream, right? Right. Like yeah. that's what we've been, what we've always, always wanted. And that's right. why I'm kind of expecting that not to happen. I know. That but seems it, but, a little too I, good that, to be true. I wanted to spin it. Like you thought I was going to be negative, but I'm trying to spin it into a positive way to like try to sure. get to, uh, but I mean, the fact that it, it takes like a meme event like this to get even to have these movies perform like they did and these are still pretty big budget movies like i think oppenheimer was oh, 100 sure, million yeah. dollar budget yeah obviously you yeah. know barbie's probably what 150 million dollar budget or something like that like i mean that's still yeah, it's pretty massive budget, yeah. uh but if, if if we can get to the point of there's more 20 to 40 million dollar movies and those are the big ones like you know and they give more things a chance to get released there's a lot of actors that are good that want to work, you know, they give, yeah. give them more opportunities, get more things released and release them in the theaters because clearly they can. People will go if there's things to see and yeah. if there's interesting if it's packaged the see. right way. You know? Yeah. So I did I did read something funny and this, this is speculation, of course, but like everybody knows that Christopher Nolan had a big falling out with Warner Brothers because of the Warner Brothers um, pandemic thing in HBO where they wanted to release all of their movies on streaming and didn't tell the filmmakers they were going to do that. And of course, Christopher Nolan's very much against that because he's a theater-first, film-first kind of director. So him and Warner Brothers had a big falling out, and I believe that Oppenheimer is the first movie he's releasing not with Warner Brothers. I think it's with Universal. It's Universal. Um, but Barbie is Warner Brothers, and there's been like speculation that like them releasing Barbie on the same day as Oppenheimer was supposed to be like a spite move, where it's like we're we're gonna release another big movie to take tickets away from uh, from from your movie. But wow, man, did that backfire? Oh, if that it was, backfired tremendously. <laughs> that was yeah, <laughs> I mean, it worked. It worked out for them too. But I, I mean, Barbie probably would have done well. Yeah, it would have done well anyway. But it yeah. definitely lifted Oppenheimer, which would have done well in its own right. But it, mm -hmm. it, it I mean, both both of them benefited each other. Yeah, for, in, yeah, in for a sure. tremendous way. And I will which, say, uh, yeah. like, I don't know how it is in Delaware, but around here with New York, which is probably the biggest movie place area other than you know California, there's significantly more showings of Barbie than there are of Oppenheimer, and it's it's uh, not close. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure actually. That's a good question because I I mean I I have no intention of seeing Barbie. It's not really for me. But Oppenheimer, I've been wanting to see in IMAX 70 millimeter because that's like the, the last time I saw a Christopher Nolan movie in that format was Dunkirk um at the King of Peanut Pressure Mall and it was amazing like it, it was like I've never seen a movie like that in my life in that kind of like that kind of projection was just kind of mind-blowing and since they're doing that for Oppenheimer I've been like desperately trying to see it that way and like I, I just looked at the showtimes like a week and a half two weeks in advance just to see what I could find. And there was like nothing for like three weeks. Like yeah, it was sold also, out. That's the, like, that's the thing. Un, yeah. Like Oppenheimer could even be doing better potentially right now if there were more ways to see the movie in the best way 
that like I didn't see it in IMAX 70 millimeter. I saw I did well, see it. It's in, very hard to see it that way. I mean, I guess you could see it at what, like Lincoln Center? That's like yeah, the that, place. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah. only one, but in New yeah. York. Um, there's really not that many theaters that have this as an option in general. I think there's only no, like there's, there's, 20, there's 20 in the country. country. Yeah, yeah, 20 in the country. It's so very, very saw, hard to but see. But I did see way. it in IMAX, and it was still very difficult to get tickets. And you're in like a packed house. And yeah. it's like that for weeks. All the IMAX screenings are still sold out. And then the regular yeah, screenings are still getting seen. Like it's the movie is doing could could even be doing better if they even gave it more showings, I think. And then Barbie, of course, is doing extremely well too. But there's they're they're playing it every half hour here, so it's yeah, yeah, of course, you know. Which I think they anticipated that one to probably do a little better. But you know, I mean, it's good for it's good that they're the movies are they're doing well. Oppenheimer, especially. I'm, I don't really have any interest in seeing Barbie either because it's that's well, I'm not- I'm just cynical about the whole toy movie thing. I mean, we talked about the Mattel films thing and i just like this there's something so insidious to me about like a toy company using artists to further their brand into oblivion you know and, and like the, the idea that like a greta gerwig has to like kind of just i mean it's she's basically selling out like the concept of selling out is very foreign to people these days it feels like but she's but more or less she's telling herself like i'm making real art and maybe she is maybe she isn't but she's working for like one of the giant a giant toy corporation um to make something i think i read, I think I read an article toys. that that she <laughs> that was like <laughs> a pro greta gerwig article about how she's you know integrity for the art and, and her vision and everything which it, it like when you hear the it, statement it makes me laugh it's like well it's it's, it's like se- the there was the well, no but i'll tell you I'll, t- I'll tell you the part it, it was one part in particular a scene where there's like i guess in in barbie there's like an older an older lady that scene that's in it that interacts with Barbie in some way. And the studio wanted to cut that scene and she, and she was put her foot down and said, if we don't have this scene in the movie, I don't know how I could have made the movie. I don't know how it could have like had the whole mm-hmm. like point of the, the, you know, the, the meaning behind it. And it's like, wow. So you, you have to, you have to fight for the art of, of, of that like part. Yes. Yeah, like, such a modest little thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> and it's like, wow, look at her it's standing up for the art for the Barbie movie. Yeah. It's, like it's, 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 it's not like, I mean, I, I, it's, it's cynical for me to not call it art, but like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm so over the idea of people saying like, like the, the old bit used to be like, you'd have a superhero movie where they say, no, it's really like a seventies paranoia thriller. But no, it's really like a space opera, like Star it's Wars. It's really an Ozu film. It's really an Ozu film. No, it's it's a, it's actually a very serious drama. But then it, it, then you see it, and it's just a stupid superhero movie. Um, <laughs> so like, I get the same feeling from something like Barbie, which like I'm sure has very much Greta Gerwig's personal vision all over it. But at the end of the day, it's a movie made for a giant toy company uh, for the purpose of proliferating their brand across the world and making it continue to be recognizable and beloved so that people will continue to buy merchandise um just <laughs> not not my thing you know just not not for me um whereas you know <laughs> Oppenheimer on on the other hand is a movie about a uh, very important historical figure and some very very important historical events which like I, I don't necessarily think that like that has more value than the kind of story that Barbie is which is you know just like a, a silly kind of fish out of water type of thing, which is fine, but just the the contrast in like one being something and it didn't it's like pretentious to say that it's something that matters, quote unquote, versus something that's made by a giant corporation. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't really want to, to like make that comparison too, too strongly, just because I, I don't think that like if Barbie was, if Barbie was not a like you know toy movie based on a, a giant toy property, and it was just like an original film, then I, there'd be no reason for me to think that Oppenheimer has any more value than than Barbie at all, right? Because it's just they're both original movies, they're both art. But there's it's slightly compromised when uh, when you're working for the Mattel Corporation. I feel Slight, like you know, yeah, just slightly compromised. I wonder how you're going to feel it. about the the what what is what is the the one uh, that uh, that's coming out at some point or that's in development. I mean, well, there's forty uh, of them well, in this, development. This is a million. Mattel. There's 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 Barney. Ba- Barney, yeah. I wonder how you're going to feel uh, about Barney. Yeah, that's yeah. There's Barney. There's Hot Wheels. There's Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Like if that doesn't just fill you with dread, I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. I, you um, know what I mean? But there are some good movies that are still coming out the rest of this year. Next year might be interesting. Uh, next year, who knows? Yeah, but, we, uh, we could be in trouble. I'll tell you the trailer for the new Martin Scorsese movie. Oh yeah, Killers yeah, yeah. of the Flower Moon is so good. <laughs> I, I was so excited watching that. Like everything, I'm. I, he's still the king. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, I can't wait to see that one in uh, in the theaters. Uh, hey, maybe maybe they'll take some lessons from this whole Oppenheimer thing and be like, wait, maybe there's actually an audience for these kinds of historical dramas. Mm-hmm. Let's try to get people uh, to see this one. Maybe do a little bit more marketing or put it in more theaters. Who knows? Who knows? It's a, bra- a brave new world because of this whole Barbenheimer thing. Anything is possible in the world of movies. There we um, go. We just we just spun it, even though there's all sorts of strikes and we don't know. Well, there's all sorts of ways this could go horribly wrong as well. But, you know, right right now, let's all just bask in the glory of everybody going to the movies and having a good time. You know, I think that's uh, that's great. Of course, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet because I'm waiting for the the IMAX 70 millimeter screen. We have tickets for next week. So we're not we're not going to talk about it today. Not that we would have that much time to do so anyway, because we've been talking about the phenomenon so much. Um, but we will pro- maybe talk about it next week if we're able to record the episode in time, because I'm seeing it on Tuesday. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that one, because I'm hearing some very interesting things. And I don't want, I'm trying to avoid, like, you know, spoilers for historical events is like whatever. But you know what I mean? I just want to go yep. into it and just have the experience. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about it next week. But this week, I don't know. We got... 10 ish minutes left to kind of talk about some stuff that we've been watching lately. I know that you saw the new Mission Impossible movie, Connor, which is actually the Mission Impossible movie is such a funny, like, like casualty of this whole Barbenheimer thing. Because what it came out like, what, like last week or the week before or something, and like it didn't perform very well. And now these movies come out and just completely shut it out of any, uh, any hype or excitement. Uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it, it very much underperformed as far as I'm, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can just go into it right now, maybe. And this is so the name of the movie is Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. So this is a part one of two movie, and it yeah. didn't actually do that well, <laughs> or like it's yeah. underperforming. Like maybe it did. Have, I don't know. Maybe it'll eventually even out at some point. But it definitely does seem like a lot of its uh, thunder is being, you know, taken away by those. Which is a shame. It's probably it's probably good, right? Like, I'm sure no, you had a mo- good time. Yeah, yeah. The movie is good. It's, I'll, yeah. If you're not familiar with the Mission Impossible movies, it's based off of a series from like this the '60s, like that, like yeah, a TV yeah. series. And they, this, the uh, you know, Tom Cruise has been in these movies for forever now. I think this, this is either this, this is like the seventh yeah, or eighth like, one of these. 
I think well, the I, interesting thing about this franchise to me is like it started out as almost uh, James Bond isn't necessarily the right comparison, but it sort of is because each movie was directed by a different person. Yeah. Early on, like you had the first one was a Brian De Palma movie, which is crazy. Um, then you had John Woo for Mission Impossible 2, which is like that's the most divisive one, probably. Uh, Mission Impossible 3, I think, is the one that people tend to like the least if they don't like Mission Impossible 2 less which checks out because it's a J.J. Abrams film. <laughs> um, and then I think I think the fourth one was the one that Brad Bird did. I think that was Ghost Protocol. Yes, I think that's what um, I saw, actually. And then I, I think after that, it's been Christopher McQuarrie ever since. Um, so it used to be very much like each director kind of had their own spin on it, even though it's the same character. Yeah, and, and now, and now I turning. think the way it works and, is yeah. Tom Cruise gets his guys to do. Yeah, the exactly. Tom Cruise <laughs> has his guy, Christopher McQuarrie, and they he just kind of does what, the way he wants it to be. Right. Which, you know, whatever, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's the star. It's basically Tom, Tom Cruise and friends who are all these like... Uh, ghost agent people who basically are, are are given an option from the u.s government of you either work for us in our imf team which stands for impossible mission force to do these oh, that's, crazy that's epic yeah to do these crazy things that has that can't be done by anybody else or you're just you go to jail for life or something i guess is what they uh imply uh mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's the bit so they're all just good grand friends who just uh look out for each other and solve these these missions uh you know for the good of uh the world i guess it's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> i genuinely like now that you, you say it i have no idea what the premise of these movies are i have not seen any of them mm-hmm. um despite well, that, it so being such what, a massive franchise right right what i just told you is the premise so that that is the, the setup for all of these if you if right just, yeah and you'll get that like pretty quickly into these so there's no like super long backstory that you'll be lost in even though this is mm-hmm. like the seventh or eighth one of these uh right. there, it, it is does tie back to the, i guess the original or maybe the I, I guess uh in some ways but you don't need that to i i didn't see it so i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't you don't need that to understand what's going on so in this one the evil enemy is a well it's really all the worlds like all the world powers are trying to capture and take control of this uh, artificial intelligence that's gone rogue called the entity that uh, there are every world power's goal is to uh, get this key that is supposed to unlock like uh, the the you know some some great power uh, which mm-hmm. which they hope is a control of the entity uh, okay. to be able to control like the the world essentially. Uh, okay so that's the setup so there's a MacGuffin. the MacGuffin is the key and the entity is this uh, ai that is operating on its own kind of doing kind of also causing all sorts of trouble to mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh you know stay alive and or existing really and kind of control the world and how it wants uh mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's very silly it's so silly. They do. There's lots of face swapping stuff that they do in this, like the masks that that they put on oh, that yeah, make them yeah. look like the faces of other people that are walking. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. That's a big Mission Impossible thing. But you know, yeah, it's yeah. really fun. There's really good action stuff in it. There's good car chase things. It's funny. It's silly. It's so over the top with the technology stuff. Uh, you know, the the one guy from what's what's his name Simon Simon Pegg. Oh, Simon uh, Pegg is, yeah. is in these, and like he's like a tech guru who can somehow hack into like any single 
like camera anywhere. Uh, it's they're so over the top, but it is it is fun, and I, I had a very good time. But it is a part one, so you you it, and it does kind of get you excited to see see part two. It does make it it actually does make you want to just go right into the next one, even though it is a pretty long movie anyway. But it's the mm-hmm. way it's paced, the way the way it moves so quickly, uh, to just get you from scene to scene. It keeps you entertained the whole time. It, mm-hmm. it makes you mm-hmm. you would be totally fine if you just went right into the next uh you know part uh from there so i would recommend this one it, which is you know it's just it's kind of unfortunate that uh, this one did come out at that same time well here's I, the great thing about mission impossible uh whatever this is called um you can definitely find showtimes for it you know you're not going to get locked out like you, you will if you try to see oppenheimer that's right in, yeah if you, yeah if you get locked out i would definitely recommend this one to, yeah, to it's go a good to. pivot yeah yeah absolutely poor Joe, tom cruise yeah well you know i think he's doing okay but uh <laughs> but uh but yeah uh joey what have you watched oh my god i've seen so many things lately i don't have a lot of time to talk about them but I'm, you know what connor i'll let you pick based on four possibilities okay uh-huh. i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you four like keywords, and then you can decide which of these i will do a brief discussion of okay Okay. One of these is a uh, classic 50s, 40, I guess 40s noir from Britain. Mm-hmm. One of them has Jack Nicholson in a very early role. Okay. One of them is at least ostensibly about the Troubles. Mm. And one of them is a kind of gangster movie, but also kind of like a, a, a male friendship movie, we could say. So what are you feeling? How about the one about the troubles? I knew you were going to pick that one. I, had, I, <laughs> I just knew. I just knew because because you're all you're all about the troubles and you know and, and Irish stuff, uh, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this was uh, this is also actually a British noir film from the 40s. Uh, it's <laughs> called Odd Man Out. Uh, they had this collection of British noir on Criterion right now, and it's just been kind of going through some of the big ones. Um, and this is apparently like a very classic movie from the period, um, starring James Mason as basically like a uh, Irish revolutionary type. I mean, all all these kind of movies about the Troubles have very similar, um, like kind of lead character ideas. You know, it's, it's always about like the insurgency, and then there's there's like kind of. They they have their things that they're doing, and the the people in the the community have mixed feelings on 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 all of it. Where it's like some of them support them, but they don't want to get involved. And it's like there's this big push to report anybody to the police, all that stuff. But basically, the, the premise of this movie is that this character um, is the leader of of the organization, as it's called, because they don't they don't say it by name. And it takes place in Belfast, but they also don't say that by name. Um, mm. And they they do this robbery to just try to get some money for the organization and the lead character played by James Mason, who just recently escaped from prison, um, leads the, the robbery. But as, as they're, they're leaving with the money, he gets kind of like, he's kind of like out of it because he hasn't done one of these things in a while. So he, he hesitates for a bit. Then somebody comes up to him with a gun and he ends up killing that guy and then goes on the run. And the movie basically follows him and his like kind of, he also got shot by that one guy so he's just kind of like wandering through the city encountering different people 
Um, and all of them have this kind of different reaction to him because they know who he is. And he's like a famous, like you know, on the run guy. And like every single person is like, well, what do we do now that we found him? Do we help him? Because he clearly needs help. You know, do we report him to the police? All that kind of stuff. Um, it's a very interesting movie, a very interesting structure to it where you have this uh, this character wandering through the, uh, the, the city. It basically all takes place over one night um, and has like a you know, classic, fairly tragic noir ending. How do they so, so clearly know who he is? Well, he's he's famous. He's the they because like I said he's he's a escaped convict. So like oh, his, so his, his like picture his name is, is in the paper. His picture yeah, in the paper. Like yeah, they, they know who pictures he is. Pictures in the paper yeah. and everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he should he should have just uh you know wore a mask like in Mission Impossible. And, and, yeah, you're right. You know he, he he absolutely should have. But uh you know I, that's not a lot of time to talk about it. But it's good. Um I think the uh one thing to point out the musical score is very good. It has that kind of like, and I learned this later because I, I noticed it while I was watching that I thought the music was really interesting, was uh, this was another movie, a very early example of them writing parts of the score before filming and playing it on the set like Sergio Leone, mm-hmm. um, which is very, very rare in movies from that period. Like you'd never heard about that. So the fact that I was able to pick up that there was something interesting about the music in in this and then later learning that they did that, I was like, oh, that totally checks out. I, I get it now. Um so yeah, maybe check that out if you're in, into that sort of thing. Uh, but I think that's all the time we have for today. So next week, hopefully, Oppenheimer, uh, we're going to give you the definitive opinion that you can take. And whether you see the movie or not, you can just agree with us because we're never wrong about anything. So we'll see you next week. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about Oppenheimer. <laughs>